Welcome to the Pick Truth Podcast, where we read confessions that people send us or that we find online and rate them based on the level of heat. A truth can range from a bell pepper to a Carolina Reaper. All right, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Pick Truth. I'm your host, Dr. Vicki Harris, with my co-host, Lamont Hearn Jr. And we're here to bring the heat. So we kind of mentioned it last week that we went to Florida. We did a family yeah. trip to Florida and went to go to see the big man himself, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. We did see a glimpse of him <laughs> in this covid was he in a, a drop top? Was he in the convertible? Yeah, he was in the convertible. We saw him there. And then we also saw him in the restaurant right before we went to the Soren ride. And when we went into the big old ride, I was afraid of because I was not aware of whether it was going to lift us up and gyrate us around. And I wasn't looking forward to that. But I was safe and I made it back. So that is good. Our kids had a good time. A ball. I had some medical emergencies, including being allergic to the sun and walking around. Walking? You were speeding. (laughs) (laughs) I was in a motorized wheelchair on our last day. So this is after Magic Kingdom, Medieval Times, Hollywood Studios, a day at the beach. Then finally, my knee was like, yeah, come on now. You an adult. You need to sit down. It was like, keep playing if you want to. (laughs) Yeah. So I had it on full blast and had old people on canes walking past me. I was a little embarrassed, but then you know what? My knee's better. So it is what it is. Listen, she had people out there trying to race her like the old and the furious. (laughs) It was crazy. old and the furious. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes. That is funny. All right. I have two for today. I think they're both jalapenos. I think they kind of fall middle of the line. They're a little lengthy, but I think they'll be interesting. How many do you have today? I have two. One that I think is just really going to be lighthearted and everyone's going to get enjoyment out of. But the other one I have, yeah, I'm thinking it's up there. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. So I'm going to read this one and it's entitled, I scratched my mom's car and left my neighbor take the blame. I never told a single soul about this. I was pretty young. I don't know how old, but at the age where you ride your bike around the neighborhood everywhere. I had a neighbor that was a few years younger than me, and we would hang out sometimes. Anyway, one day I was coming home and I rode up the driveway with my mom's car parked in it. It was a newish car. My parents were still protective about it. Well, I was going too slow and I lost my balance. I fell to the side and my handlebar gouged out a huge scratch right in the side of the car. Being a kid, I decided to pretend it didn't happen and hoped it would go away. Well, it didn't go away. My parents were absolutely furious and demanded to know if I had done it. But I just denied everything. I guess they believed me because they ended up questioning the kid next door, who they knew also rode his bike around our house. He also denied everything. Obviously, he had no idea what they were talking about. And he was adamant that I was lying and that it must have been me. But I kept denying it. To settle it, my parents decided to go get both of our bikes and line them up to see which set of handlebars would line up to the scratch. Unfortunately for the kid next door, his handlebars happened to be the same height as the scratch, while mine were taller. What my parents never realized is that I fell sideways at an angle, So the scratch happened at a lower height than my handlebars normally were. 
So anyway, my parents were pissed at him. I think they forbade him from riding his bike anywhere near our property and told his parents too. He obviously still maintained his story, but that just pissed my parents off more that he kept lying to them. Anyway, I'm sorry about that, bro. You really did me a solid. So my initial response to hearing this story is I thought his parents had real CSI mentality. That was my initial thought, like just how they were breaking it down, going back to the scene of the crime, trying to match up the handlebars and everything else. But then the fact that they didn't realize that he could have done that at an angle kind of let me down on that part. But as far as our ratings for this, yeah, I would say it's probably a poblano because it doesn't surprise me that a kid would do something like this. I would have rated it probably higher towards a jalapeno if I would have heard the parents probably had a little bit more impact on the kid. Like, I don't know if the kid had to pay for it or the other parents, rather. So if that would have happened, yeah, I probably would have said more of a jalapeno because that's super petty that not only did you get this kid in trouble, because he, nope. When I think about this, no, this is a jalapeno. (laughs) Point blank, period. Because I'm sitting there thinking about the fact this kid not only let someone else take the blame, that other kid probably got in trouble with his parents. On top of that, the other parents probably had to pay for this, and it probably caused issues between them as neighbors. So there's a lot of drama that could have come from something so simple as this kid taking the responsibility for something they did. It's super petty. But as a kid, I mean, at that moment, I probably would have been just as scared. We didn't have a car growing up, so it would have been like the Tark bus. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the jalapeno. And the reason why I think it's a jalapeno is because the parents... It was what I read when the parents didn't forbade him from riding near their property. But first of all, you don't own the sidewalk. Right. So the <laughs> amount of angry neighbor stuff that will happen because don't ride your bike past my property and I live next door. That's not going to happen. I'm going to ride my bike here. Yeah. You know, and you can't stop me. Yeah. And I can understand why you were mad. But this is a lesson for parents. Don't go to your kids angry. Ask them calmly. If they would have been like, oh, man, I wonder what happened to the side of the car. Hey, babe, did you see what happened? Yeah, my bike fell. It's a lot easier for your children to respond to that than, oh, my God, what happened to my car? Because I'm not going to tell you I did it either. Absolutely. I'll, I'll take that jalapeno. Like, oh, not me. But the other part is the kid that didn't do it knows you're lying. So yeah. you've now messed that relationship up. Because yeah. If you lie on me and I get in trouble, first of all, you can tell the truth on me and I get in trouble when I was a kid. Right. I don't want to mess with you no more. Right. So you've lied on me and now, now it's worse. So I, I'm going to give you a, a jalapeno. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm giving you a side eye. You need to go tell your parents you did it. Just go do it. Just yeah. go like, hey, remember, well, unless you have crazy parents and they might take away your college fund. But like, just go back and say, you know, remember that? I actually did it. But then again, they might harm you because it could have caused all kinds of views. There have been a lot worse than have neighbors set off. You could only, now that I think about it, I start to wonder if this was the linchpin for the other kid becoming like a criminal. <laughs> like I'm just saying, you know, you get blamed for something one time and your response to that is, no matter what I do, I'm wrong anyway. Mm. And I'm not saying that is what happened. I hope that that isn't what occurred. But now that I think about it, yeah, that's absolutely a jalapeno because there's no telling what could have come from that. And your parents saying that they can't ride their bike passers. I don't think there's a force field that is made right now <laughs> that's going to just block that part of the sidewalk. So, yeah, that one definitely deserves a side eye. So that's definitely a jalapeno for sure. All right. What do you got coming up? All right. So my first one is light. 
And I like to start with this one. The title is, I used to steal my grandma's Monopoly properties and sell them back to her. When I was 10 years old, I used to play Monopoly with my family. And whenever my grandma would turn around, I'd steal her properties and sell them back to her. I would sell them back to her at triple cost. She passed away more than 13 years ago, and I still feel bad. She would always be so sad she could never win. So Monopoly brings out the worst in people. I've seen it. Me and my husband, we've been together 10 years. We almost didn't make it past four months because of a game of Monopoly. Our safe word, like when one of us is kind of getting out of pocket, it literally is Monopoly. Like, hey, Monopoly, which means calm down, take a deep breath. Don't throw the board. Put the (laughs) (laughs) So Monopoly, I don't know why there's so much angst around. And I have multiple versions of Monopoly. But me and my husband rarely ever play with each other. Yeah. And one time for those that are listening, we had a Monopoly tournament. This is a few years back. This is well before COVID. And there was a couple there, close family couple. And she's just nice and sweet. And we're all playing Monopoly. And I'm a very competitive person. Most of us are very competitive in general. But when it comes to Monopoly, it's taking up a notch. But she was so calm. And then somewhere within that first hour, that game, she was no longer sweet. She was outdone it for her husband. It was hilarious. I I remember what happened. I remember that what happened was her husband was very strategic in how he was playing. He was wheeling and dealing while he was out there. He was making his moves. And one of his moves kind of crossed her in her game. And I remember from that point on, it was on. She, yeah. was, she was ready for it. And I picked the story because, as you know, I like to collect Monopoly boards. I got into that recently. What I thought was interesting with this story is I assumed that the grandmother probably knew mm-hmm. that he was doing it. So for her, it really wasn't that big of a deal. She was just enjoying time with her grandson. And I guess making him feel good about what he thought he was doing was a benefit to her just in spending that time. I have to agree. Uh, if you're young enough, it's probably a bell pepper, I would say. It's probably a very mild truth because... I've seen some very shady things happen with Monopoly. I, listen, I have even changed the rules to Monopoly. <laughs> Hold on. You changed the rules. Because remember, we had the, you can land on my property three times oh, yeah, yeah, without yeah. paying me. Oh, like, yeah. all kind of, we had some very shady rules going on. Because technically, that's, you know, it's a house rule. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's been years and we still have not had another Monopoly night. Like, I think really that was it. so damaging that we should do it again now that COVID restrictions are slightly lifting. But it was an adult-only Monopoly night, and yeah. That was hectic. But you're right, and it's probably sweet that the grandmother, she knew. Yeah. And first of all, most people know when you're cheating, especially if you do it all the time. Right. But she just lets you win because she loves you. So have that good memory of your granny. That's that's pretty sweet, though. I I would give it a bell pepper. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a bell pepper. All right, so the next one I have up is titled, I like to play devil's advocate for as many things as I can, even if I disagree, just to test out the open-mindedness of people. I've definitely lost a lot of friends over the years doing this, but for some reason, I can't help but to be a fence sitter on social topics. I always try to be supportive to friends during socially tense or sensitive situation, but I always end up getting around to think of what's happening to the other person's head right now, or they might not be an asshole, but there's probably a reason for it that we don't understand 100%. I know most friends just want you to be 100% in their court, 
but I can't help but want to test someone's ability to get out of their own head and accept their view on something isn't the only view out there. I do it as respectfully as I can, and usually in the form of a question or hypothetical situation. But boy, have a lot of people dropped me from their social circles quickly just because I came across as unsupportive. I've been labeled as a fly on the wall, a fence sitter, a disloyal prick, a sociopath, and much more. I honestly have no problem being that guy, but it's starting to bother me just how many people aren't willing to think of from another person's perspective. I've always thought considering all sides of something to be the very best way to accept an outcome and move on. Of all the people I've met in my life, I can maybe count the truly open-minded people on a single hand. The sad part is they are usually labeled by most other people in my life as weirdos or not worth being around. I guess I should be more open-minded and just accept that people want to be closed-minded for their own reasons. All right. So there's a lot to unpack in this one. First, let's start with the actual rating. Because you're a person who feels like you just have to kind of sit on the fence and kind of pick both sides. I don't know the topics, so I don't want to go too far with that. I would say this might be a poblano because it is irritating to others based on our scale. I wouldn't necessarily say I give you a side eye for having to sit on the fence. Maybe that's just your thing. But again, that's because I don't know the topics. Mm -hmm. If we're getting into some more questionable things just in society in general that are kind of across the board, then yeah, I got an issue with those. However, he did mention needing to be more open-minded and then referencing other people being closed-minded. So at that point, he kind of is speaking of himself as well and maybe not realizing it and mentioning that he is closed-minded on some things. But it's an interesting position I guess I've never really thought of the idea of straddling the fence intentionally just to seek everyone's opinion and then trying to get all viewpoints. I've tried to practice seeing things from other people's perspective, but never with the direct intention of just straddling the fence. I feel like I can still hold my opinion and still try to see where you come from. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like that's interesting. How about yourself? I might follow you with the Poblano that it'd be irritating to others. But I think I understand where he's coming from okay. because I'm very similar. I try not to intentionally antagonize folks, but oftentimes people see things very myopically. They only look at things from one lens and they can't imagine that there's two ways to do the same activity and neither way is wrong. Right. And I think that's what he's coming from. That Okay, okay I'm going to make up a situation where I would feel like that would make sense. Let's see, you have a barking dog and your neighbor is upset that the dog is barking. There's two ways to handle this. If the dog is barking at an inopportune time, like at midnight, while other people are sleeping, let's look at it from the other person's perspective. Are they bringing the dog out late because they work late and they're up and they're not really cognitively thinking about other people? And maybe it's just as simple as a conversation to get it limited. Or are they intentional jerks leaving their dogs out there so that you can't get sleep? I want to be able to look at it from both perspectives before making a decision. Now, we actually have a dog issue in my neighborhood. My dog was barking at nine o'clock in the morning at a squirrel. But there's two ways to look at it. Right. And I can get into a neighborhood fight and argue and live in strife. Or I can just assume that this person has 
issues and whatnot. And there may be other reasons that she's over there causing havoc from a dog barking at nine o'clock in the morning in a suburban neighborhood where they have dogs that bark at nine o'clock in the morning. I just want to say, I know you said you weren't going to get into it, but you literally just told the whole thing. I think I did. (laughs) So, yeah, but I do understand where he's coming from. I I really do. I think that people don't want to hear that they're wrong. Yeah. And sometimes you don't like that. Okay. Again, I've talked about I'm not ride or die. That should be my T-shirt. Not ride or die. When my friends are wrong, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. I can attest to that. If I agree, I agree. And if I don't agree, I don't agree. And it doesn't have anything to do with me liking you or not liking you. It's just my opinion. Yeah, it's not emotional. Yeah, Yeah. based on these circumstances, if you look at it from a different angle, your approach may not be the best approach. Yeah, absolutely. And people can be very offended by that. And if you're not careful and if you're abrasive, yeah, you'll lose relationships. Yeah, I think it's because people are extremely attached to their emotions. I would say more now than ever. As you know, I've been told many times It's not what I say. Sometimes it's my tone. And I try to respect that. I sometimes look at it going, if the only thing you want to focus on is my tone, and I understand that that can be an issue, then you're not even really caring what the message is. And you may not be understanding why I'm coming at it from that position. And it's never with the intention to hurt someone. But if you've repeated something multiple times and you watch someone make the same mistake, it's almost like watching someone walk towards a cliff. You keep going, nope, turn around. That's a cliff. That's an edge. And you go, do you want to fall? They go, no, I don't want to fall. Okay, well, the only thing I can do is keep telling you to turn or I can physically grab you. So when I yelled the last time, okay, at that point, now you're more mad at me because I yelled, but you had one foot off the edge. So am I wrong for telling you or should I have just never said anything and let you fall and then be told, well, why did not do anything to stop you? So I think in this example, you took too much onus on what their decision was after you told them. In my opinion, as my family, as my friend, it's my responsibility to say, hey, you are about to put your finger in a light socket. You're about to go off the cliff. Right. I would highly advise you not continue this path because it is going to be devastation. And you decide to keep going. I've done my due diligence. I've done what I'm supposed to do. The owner's responsibility to not fall off the cliff, especially after someone has said, hey, there's a cliff here. That's on you. And I used to hold it like I've got to save them. I've got to protect them. No, I have done my part. My part is to say, and sometimes it has a giant sign. I got a detour for you. Here's another option. And they right. still choose to go off the cliff. That's on you, baby. Okay. And some people have to fall off the cliff. Okay. They can't learn. Sometimes they don't believe you. Yeah. Sometimes they got to see it for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? A hurt dog will holler? Yeah. F country. So a hurt <laughs> dog will holler. If falling off the cliff is the only way that you're going to do the right thing. Okay. It's going to be what it's going to be. I've done my due diligence. That's fair. But I think that's something I'm learning with. Well, that I've learned with my mother, but I'm also trying to incorporate in my marriage and trying to be like, okay, yes, she's my wife. But it's not my responsibility to cover that part for her. Some of that stuff she still has to figure out. And I think that's the level of support I'm learning that's different because most people talk about people being attached to their parents where I was not dependent on my mother. My mother was dependent on me. So I was always so acclimated to having to cover her basis for whenever something messed up, I had to mend it. I had to do something to take care of it. So in getting in my marriage, almost never, but there's been instances where it's like, okay, let me cover this where I probably don't have to. And it's probably caused issues that it didn't have to cause. 
because when I mended it, I felt more overwhelmed for having to take care of it. So my response to doing that probably was epiphany in the moments occurring. Very interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, that works. Yeah. All right. Do you have another one? Yes, I do. The title is I lied to my friends about having cancer so they would spend more time with me. That's a reaper. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I am disabled. I have a mental illness, OCD, and I'm homeschooled. So I have almost no friends. I lied to my friends on Discord that I have cancer and that I have less than a year to live so they would spend more time playing video games and chatting with me. It's been a long time since I last talked to them, so they probably think I'm dead if they even remember me. I've given up playing video games for six months now because I'm too busy studying. Recently, I remembered that I lied to them about having cancer and I'm really embarrassed. I tried to go on Discord to message them that I am alive and that I didn't have cancer, but I lost access to my account. I tried to find the 2FA backup codes on my laptop, but I don't think I saved them because I'm stupid. Regret has been eating me alive for days now because I can't message them. I fear karma very much. I'm a terrible person. Okay. I, I was preemptive in my reaper. It's definitely at minimal a tie chili with WTF and judging you. Yeah. But why is there such an epidemic for people wanting attention, no matter what kind of attention it is? That's not the attention you want, but it's more like people with Munchausen and Munchausen by proxy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They pretend to be ill or sick so that they can get attention and love and adoration. That is a sickness in itself with the other mental illness that you mentioned. So that's out there. My father-in-law died of cancer yesterday. It was his second bout of cancer. We was diagnosed. We went to go see him immediately. We found out on a Thursday and we were there the next Tuesday to go see him. It was six hours away. He would call us after his chemo treatments. He was in good spirits up until I think the last four days. We think he got some bad news. They had to push off a surgery. And so he passed. He passed away yesterday. And it's a lot. It's hard on my husband. It's hard on my children. It's hard on me. My stepmother-in-law, all of that, my brother. I can't imagine wanting attention so bad that I pretend I have cancer. People die from this. Children die from this. Adults. And cancer doesn't have a warning. You could be walking around with a body littered with it and not know until it could possibly be too late. The universe is set up that, okay, now that you said it, you're going to get it. I don't think that. But I do think you need to consider why you would think that claiming to have cancer is a good way to get friends. Because you really didn't think that through. What are you going to do in a year? You still here, homie. Like, we can still see you. I guess you're a survivor. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tie, Shelly. Because and I'm only giving you the tie, not the reaper, just because you want to tell them you don't have cancer. Like, you at least have this umption to say, hey, guys, I made this up because you're going to lose those friends even if they were friends, like, yo, who lies about cancer? Yeah, like, that's definitely a bridge too far. Yeah. And I know that's my thing I say, but that really is, by definition, a bridge way too far. Right! Yeah. When I read it initially, I understood that there was some emotional heartstrings being pulled in there. But I agree with you. It's definitely a tie chili. I'm definitely judging you. While I understand the need for friends, I don't think that's the level that you should play in. But I do think that is something that is represented highly in this society we're in now, because while we have social media and we seem like we're more closely connected, we've never been more distant Mm -hmm. because now instead of it being who you are, like you can't hide who you are in front of someone. Now it's always a representation of what you want to show. 
people always talk about it. You know, you go online on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere and you see people's trips and all the excitement. But what you don't see is the blemishes. Well, some you, people. Wait, wait, what, you don't, what you don't see is the allergic reaction to the sun to send you to the emergency room. <laughs> but, but you post those. I see, that's the thing. But you post those. But like you said, you've been with your husband for 10 years. And I think we're at the same amount of time. You, you just got married the year before we did. And people don't see all the disagreements and the arguments and the strife. And I think that's the hard part with this is I feel for the person in the context of wanting friends and wanting to have a bond with people. But I also feel like if you're building it on that kind of lie, it's not really valuable in the first place. Mm. And it can only end bad because you have to keep that lie up. So even if you were to say you survived it or you went through chemo or whatever you say you went through, you now have to start creating so much more of a tale for that story that eventually you're going to get caught up in it. And in the society now, we've seen this before. Have you ever heard of the name uh, Manti Teo? I don't think so. So Manti Teo was a player. He was a linebacker at the University of Notre Dame. This was a guy who had the fake girlfriend. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Manti Teo, this was a guy who said he had a girlfriend. He said he had seen her. He said he had been around her. All these different things. And when the information kind of came out that this was a lie, when he started going to the NFL, he basically said that he was catfished. And one of the issues with this was when you listen to the details of the story, dude, you said you saw her, you said you hung with her. That doesn't add up. If you would have been catfish, you would have said that. But you literally said she had gotten sick. And there was the other reason why you didn't see her right before the national championship game. So people felt bad for you. ESPN even did a story about this. There was no pictures. And this was years ago. I guarantee this is, I think, before even either one of us were in relationships that we're in now. And it's just crazy to think that people have to go to those levels. So I don't want to put it on this person like they're the only person doing it. Mm -hmm. But it's just unfortunate that in a world where now you can see every person you've ever known online, you still feel so disconnected to everybody. I think that there was people masquerading in person as well. I think it's just exasperated by social media. And I think that that needing to belong, I think we don't cultivate that enough, especially in the U.S., like this independent nature that we have and this ability to strike it out on your own. You don't need anybody. Well, in reality, you absolutely need human contact and relationship. And it's sad and it's hard because there are things that prevent people from having good relationships. I was one of those. I had people around me, but I didn't know how to cultivate relationships because my mental health wasn't right. Right. And so people in those situations that we're describing, I I have cancer, I have a fake girlfriend that I'm one of the world to know about, which makes no sense because you just made it worse. Right. All those things happen because you have this void you need to fill and not feeling like you're going to be able to find that you're good enough. And this may sound real cheesy, but you are. So for anyone that's listening, who you are is good enough. You like anime. That's good enough. You like country music. That's good enough. You like skateboarding. That's good enough. There are people out there who are just like you, who like the things that you do. It may not be in your family circle. It may not be in your school immediately. There are a lot of people who like the same things that you do, that you can build relationships with. But you have to not be afraid that, you know, okay, I might look like a weirdo because I like anime. Well, okay, then fine. I'll be that. Or to Lamont's point, he collects monopolies. I just by default collect them because I just like to buy them a lot. But I do have close to well over 100 board games that would be considered geeky and i'm comfortable with that i love murder mysteries 
Seriously, I don't know anybody who has not played a murder mystery game with me in some form or fashion or gone to a show. I've done both. There are people on a train, (laughs) (laughs) on a train, in a restaurant. Like, I enjoy these things and I'm comfortable embracing that because it's weird to some people. Okay, it's weird. It's weird to do puzzle games. I was doing point and click games. So you go Google that. Point and click games are computer games where you escape and before they were popular. The very first one I did is called Submachine. Go look it up. It is old school. Old school. Get your mouse and your finger and you point and click. Loved it. And that has got to be almost 20 years ago. Mm. I loved them. Oh, and letterboxing. Go Google that too. Weird stuff. I told my husband about this stuff. He made fun of me. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but all of this to say, Whatever you're into, there are other people that are into it. And you don't have to be manipulative and lie to get people to bond with you. And when you're with someone and you all are not clicking, it's okay. Yeah. We no longer like these same things. We don't have the same shared interest anymore. That's why you don't tie yourself to one person. You tie yourself to a community so that you can continue to grow. Absolutely. Couldn't so, say it better myself. So, yeah. That does it for this episode of Pick True. If you like today's show, help us out, subscribe and send it to friends. If you have not done so already, join us on Facebook. Our Facebook group is called Pick Truth and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. All right. Catch you next time. Later. We can't pick truth without you. Send us your truths at picktruthmail at post.com to see if you can bring the heat.